0: Today's guest is Simon Severino. Simon helps business owners in SaaS and services run their company more effectively, which results in sales that soar. He created the strategy sprints method that doubles revenue in 90 days by getting owners out of the weeds. He's a TEDx speaker and a contributor to Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. I'm so excited for you guys to meet him today and share his story. So we're going to cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Simon, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's a pleasure to have you here. Hey, I'm excited to be here. The um, I was excited when uh, we got connected because you bring to the table so many cool things, and you've done so much great for the world of entrepreneurs and business owners and uh, business and I can't wait to share it with everybody. So I wanted to start off with something really easy and straightforward for our viewers or for our listeners that don't know you yet. I wanted to start with kind of how you got to this point and how you ended up here doing this, what you love to do.
1: 21 years ago, i did fall in love with a specific topic and that topic was go to market how do we enter a market how do we crush it in the market how do we stay competitive in that market because the teams that were asking me to do these workshops with them to you know create the strategy and execute the strategy they were like simon we are not getting out of this room before we have solved this. This is how important it is. If we have to stay the whole weekend, we will stay the whole weekend. If we have to book another week in this hotel, we will stay another week in this hotel. And I was like, oh my God, I am from Rome. And so in Rome, you have that only in a very few situations when there is a new pope that they have to vote. So they, they retreat." They have to discuss, 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 vote, 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 and then they, and then you have some white smoke, and that means we have a new pope, and that's when they come out, and you don't know is it three days, five days, nine days. So these were my workshops 21 years ago, and I did fall in love with that intensity, with the emotional, the intellectual uh, challenge, because there is no solution. If there was a solution, we wouldn't, we wouldn't sit the whole executive team and and an advisory team. To solve it, right? So stuff that is not solved yet, but is so relevant that they say, whatever it takes, we are going to solve this because it's vital. And I was like, wow, it's vital. It's stimulating. I want to do this every week now. And um, that's what I did for the last 21 years. That's amazing.
0: What got you into this line of work? I mean, what was it that, that drew you to it to get to this point where you were doing intensives and, and that people knew that they could do this with you?
1: I studied philosophy and after studying, I was broke and needed a job. <laughs> like most philosophers, right? What, what the hell do you do with this degree? <laughs> and, uh, and my, I was my, my luck was that in those times, the big consultancies of the world were looking especially for non, non-economy degrees because right. they wanted to bring in news angles into their projects, into their advisory. And so what they needed was somebody who is able to structure thinking and structured problem solving but comes from another angle that is non-numeric or not primarily numeric. It's more from a logical Part, because big problems, you have to dissect them like an, like an engineer or like a scientist or like a philosopher and then make them small, understand the elements and then, you know, understand the whole thing and then solve them. And so they were looking for strange people. I was one of these strange people. <laughs> and, uh, and I got into one of the global consultancies and I made my career there. And then when I, when, when I was ready, I then did my own thing.
0: Wow. That's incredible. You know, so many entrepreneurs and business owners get this call. They get this idea that I have to head this direction. This is for me. And what was that tipping point? What was the moment for you? You know, you'd been in the consultancy and you thought, yeah, I need to do this. This is, this is what I am called to do.
1: Well, you feel it. When you are ready, you feel it because you sit in a meeting and you go, oh, my God, these three hours, I could build what (laughs) I want to build. And so when you feel that, that you go, oh, every everything that distracts you from building what you want to build is feels like a distraction, well, then you should quit whatever you're doing and go build that stuff.
0: I love that. I love that. And it's so important. And I think for many of us as business owners we have been in that same place where we feel it we feel that this is the thing that we need to do and it's scary and sometimes uh, as as the visionary it's hard to take that leap and so what what was it that that got you to Take that leap. I mean, if, was it a scary thing, or was it just time? I mean, had you been thinking about doing it for a long time, and it was just time? Like, what was it? Was it something that that kicked you over the edge?
1: I had no other option. So, <laughs> when if you are an entrepreneur, you are a force of nature. You you are programmed to build stuff that it's not there, right? To build something out of nothing. And it's, it's a feeling inside of you. It's an idea. It's something that wants to get out. And you need to get it out. You need to build it. So in that moment, you, are, you become unemployable. You become uh, irritated by everything else. So I was sitting in meeting and I was not really listening anymore. <laughs> so I had no other, no other chance than to go and do it. The only question was risk management. Okay, how much cash flow do you need on the side when you start it? And so I said, I want six months of my running expenses on the side. And then I do it. I started a spreadsheet. 10 minutes later, I had my calculation. And um, I think when I hit the four month uh, runway, I, I did it.
0: I love that. I love that. Just jumping out and getting in. And I think that, that that's pretty typical although you sound so much more prepared i think a lot of entrepreneurs just kind of jump in without any runway <laughs> without any any backing and they just go uh so I, it seems as though there was a great planning moment what was the what was one of the hardest things you experienced in those early stages of building your business and and getting things
1: going I, I would never jump into something without risk management. And so let's talk about risk management. Sure. That is probably the risk to reward. The decision about should I do something or not is always risk to reward. And, and, and that's a big part of, of life, but of entrepreneurial life, especially risk to reward. How can you de-risk decisions, projects, launches, um, your business? How can you de-risk decisions, but still go for alpha, go for the high reward? Right. So I would never jump off a an, an an employment, which is a very good thing to have, um without the the proper risk management. And I would never start anything without proper risk management. No. In the old world, in the traditional project management, risk management is, oh, you calculate for three months. And, uh, and then while you do that, now, meanwhile, somebody invents the new solution and you rub So don't do that. How can you de-risk? I wrote a whole book. The Strategy Sprints book is a whole book about de-risking by going fast. So I took everything that was working in the agile methods, in the lean methods, in the sprint methods like Scrum, And like prototyping, all that cool stuff that works for products. And I said, what if we apply that to running a business? Because it should work in theory. The logic is the same. Right. Right. Write down assumptions, test assumptions, build it, validate it, create effects, and then scale it. That's a business. You solve a problem. You repeat it. You create an SOP. You move on to the next bigger problem. You hand it over. You delegate it. You build a team. They go with it. You go to the next bigger problem. You, that's how you scale. It, it's it's the same logic, right? With products. And so I said it, it must it must work. And the pandemic came. I had time to sit down and think through it and then go through all our tools, etc. 274 tools in the sprint university that. You know, our sprint coaches are using every day to to scale businesses with entrepreneurs. And so I said, wait a moment. What if some of those 274 tools are actually helpful right now in this very messy markets out there with broken supply chains, high volatility? It's a mess out there. So let's share the, the blueprints. Let's share what works. And so I wrote this book with the help, obviously, of a publisher, an editor, a graphic designer. It was a whole team effort. But the tools came from these 21 years of being in the trenches, having to solve problems. And some of those tools were more helpful than others. We saved them. They became a Sprint University tool. And so I selected the 35 most helpful of them, the, the most generic that from Korea to South America are just helpful to do marketing, to do sales, to do client onboarding, to do hiring. The hardest thing that we all need to do. And so I shared those those blueprints in the book. And they're all about de-risking. How do you quickly validate assumptions? How can you quickly find out if it works? First, you have to find out if somebody needs it. Then you have to find out if somebody Takes it, pays for it, and then you have to find out how much they're willing to pay. So what's the max price? And when you know these three things, now go and crush it. But before you know these three things, everything is high risk. So don't spend a dollar before you know these three things. And that's actually one one thing we could dive into because many people waste money when they run a business and they waste time. Right. Right. And right now, you shouldn't waste any money. You should really, really have tight cash flows, a ton of liquidity, because it's a mess out there. So how can you increase your liquidity? How can you secure your cash flow right now? Go through all your cost positions and turn the fixed costs into variable costs. That means when there is more work, you pay more. When there is less work, you pay less. When there is zero work, you pay zero. That's resilience. So you go through all your contracts with your employees, with your suppliers, with your PR agencies, marketing agencies, sales agencies, whatever suppliers you have and contracts you have. Make them revenue-based, not time-based. Don't pay 5K for a PR firm every month. Pay, you get me into the Wall Street Journal, I pay you 6K, you get me into the New York Times, I pay you 41K. So now you have de-risked, maybe you are, in the end, in six months you are paying the same, but you have de-risked. And in many situations, like a supplier, I pay you when you deliver six tons of wood. In that case, wood doesn't get to you. You don't pay. Right. So that's really important on the cost side of things. On the cash flow side of things, change the way you get your cash flow reported. First the profits, then the revenues, then the costs, then the cash flow, what's coming in, what's going out. And get that weekly or at least monthly. Don't get this annually. You don't take decisions every year. And then install the three key habits that every CEO needs. Daily habit. Write down how did you allocate your time today? What what was a time sucker? And now review what will you delegate tomorrow? Of all those things, which one will you delegate tomorrow? Because remember, as an entrepreneur, you have to solve problems. Then you write it down and then you hand them over and you move on to the next bigger problem. Elon Musk has solved the problem of how to build a car. He then moved on and is building rockets. He, he solved the problem of how, how to uh, build AI. He, he, will, he will show stuff this week. I'm excited. And now he has a team that does AI. He can parachute that team into Twitter and they solve the bots problem. And then after three weeks, they're done. And you can set them into the next thing, a Mars mission or a smart grid. So that's that's how you scale stuff. Uh, you pick a problem, you solve it, you write down how to solve it, you hand that process over. That's an SOP you now, that's a standard operating procedure. You You hand it over. And you give a team... Now you enable a team to do that and you move on to the next bigger problem. That's that's actually the journey of building a company, scaling a company. I love that.
0: That is really insightful. And I, I would imagine that if you're having troubles right now as a business owner, that if you just stop and rewind and listen to that again, you're going to quickly delve into solving some of those problems just from that much. Uh, I am excited to get in and read strategy sprints. And it, it's definitely on my list to uh, consume. And And I think everybody here should go out and grab it. Uh, and we'll talk about where they can get it and some of the ways that they can get connected to you towards the end. But I want to jump in a little bit more to... Uh, a bit about how you work with your clients and how you actually can get from point A to point B, you know, they're, they're bringing you on to start to, like you said, de-risk. So how do you like to work with your clients that you've had in the past that, that our audience can kind of get an idea of, of how you operate?
1: Yeah. So our clients that run agencies, consultancies, B two B software, and they come to us and say, "Well, my sales cycle is so long. I want to shorten it. Uh, sometimes I take on clients that I actually don't like. I want more for, of my of my ideal clients and less of those others. <laughs> and also sometimes we reinvent the wheel with each project. We start from scratch. That's that's not very profitable. So how can we how can we productize our services more? How can we how can we reuse modules of what we have you are systemizers how can we how can we systemize our processes so that's that's the people who come to us and what we do is in three months first we don't start just improving stuff don't do that you have to first find the bottleneck so there are eight parts in every business and one is the bottleneck and you find the bottleneck by asking for example okay if next week you take on 10 times more clients than usual. Which part of your business breaks first? And then it takes eight minutes for us. The sprint coach has has a checklist, maps out the business and says, okay, does this part, can you deliver this? Oh, yeah. Can you deliver this? Oh, no, that breaks. Okay, then that's the bottleneck. And now for the next week, which is a sprint, seven days, they will solve that bottleneck. And we we move on in 12 sprints in those 90 days. And so we will always solve one bottleneck after the other. That's one thing that is really important to do. And it's the opposite of what most teams do. If you ask teams right now, what are you doing this week? Oh, we're running LinkedIn, cold calls, Instagram. I'm doing a live on Twitter and whatever they're doing. They're doing so many things and they should just solve one thing this week until it's done. And that's probably... Automating the client onboarding, automating the payment, um, teaching people how to do the client onboarding, how to do upsells, cross sales. They should probably just increase conversion rate, increase frequency, increase price by 25%, which is our formula, how to, how to double revenue. So it's a few things that you really have to get right. And uh, most people do too many things and don't, don't do the essentials. So, Why the sprint method works is it's just one bottleneck. The whole team solves one thing in seven days. The whole team goes, ah, that's so much easier. It's so much better. So this week, a couple of agencies in our sprint. One was doing for a week just the business mission and, and the personal vision. So in three years, where do you want this business to be? Simple exercise, right? But they did it, and then they were like, wow, I have clarity. I am so energized. I was improving the website the whole weekend, and I say, oh, I'm sorry that you had to work over the weekend. And they go, no, I was on fire. This was better than mountain biking for me because I had the clarity, and I wanted to get it out on the website. And so you had the founder improving the website over the weekend, (laughs) which... It, it, you usually shouldn't do yeah but it, they it, they are so on fire when they do the personal mission the business vision and then we break it down into chunks of you know small packages how you how you increase now with that clarity your conversion rate your sales frequency and um, and your price by 25% and they go oh yeah let's do this so that's how the sprint works and it's 90 days it's a one-on-one coaching but it's supported by 274 blueprints, plug and play, ready, swipe copies, checklists in the sprint university.
0: That's awesome. You know, I, I you mentioned something right at the beginning. You get them to solve one thing at a time. And I know with so many entrepreneurs that they tend to be thinking about a whole lot of things. And so there's a huge benefit in being able to dig into that one thing. But how do you keep them on task and and not getting distracted by the 20 other things that, that usually are pulling their
1: attention? Great question. So because we, the entrepreneurs, we are totally always bringing something new in and our team goes, oh my God, on Monday you said this and now it's Thursday. <laughs> it is. And so you need some systems. Uh, one of the systems is the weekly habit. The weekly habit is Every Thursday, they measure the three numbers in the Sprint dashboard. Sprint dashboard has every week one marketing number, one sales number, and one ops number of this week. That's the most important to measure. And so on Thursday, uh, somebody in the team measures it. On Friday, the whole team comes together, marketing, operations, sales come together and learn from those numbers. And they all look at this. So marketing sees also their impact on sales. Sales is their impact on operations, which is usually you don't have that. And so that's why we created alignment. So when you ask, how do you keep the team focused? The dashboard keeps them focused because if they do stuff and it's not actually contributing to sales, let's say they are creating seven Instagram live events that week, the marketing people. Oh, we're crushing it. Seven events, 200 participants. I say, All right. Yeah. Let's look at the sales number. What was the impact on the sales number? Zero. So automatically, after a couple of weeks, seeing that, there's, that that activity has zero impact, they will change activities. They will find a different call to action. They will talk to sales and say, actually, what would you need from us? And they go, ah, oh, we need much less. So send them to the audit. <laughs> send them directly onto our calendar. Show them the demo video. Oh, really? That's much simpler. Yeah, that's more effective. And so these conversations in the sprint weekly meetings, sprint dashboard meeting, that's what keeps them on track. And the second thing that's the monthly habit is we have all goals. The three years vision gets broken down into annual goals, three quarterly goals, and three numbers, and three responsible people. So... On one page, we have the strategy and the execution plan. And so we review that and we create that together. And that has a, a double check. So whenever you create a 3 months activity, you have to double check. You have to literally click that it directly contributes to the parent goal. And so if you write something and it doesn't, then you cannot click it. And everybody will go, no, why are you doing it? It doesn't move forward our, our big goals. Oh, yeah, it's true. And so, again, they reduce the number of activities and they stay on track because they have that monthly review meeting, the strategy meeting once a month. So these are the three habits. Daily, time review, and finding one thing that you will delegate next. Weekly, getting your three numbers. One marketing number, one sales number, one ops number, and learning from that. Monthly, checking your strategy for the next three years, one year, three months, adapting, double-checking that it really, the activities are building upon each other. And so automatically you will reduce them. With those three habits, you have a pretty solid operating system. Whatever life throws at you now, pandemics, uh, pff, currency crashing, whatever, you can deal with that because you see it in your sprint dashboard. You are ready to to go with it.
0: I love that that's amazing you know the the you have so many resources and uh, opportunities for our listeners to come and and learn I, already today i know that they're going to need to go back rewind listen to this take some notes because there was so much here for them to uh to to gather so if you haven't taken notes yet guys and you're listening you're going to have to come back and take some notes on this. There's so much gold here for you. But what can our listeners do? What What's the path that they can take? If they want to work with you some more, if they want to learn more and go do some more stuff with you, What what's the best path for them to get started? They've heard this today and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this. I've got to get involved. What's the best path and direction for them to start to take to to learn more from you?
1: Yeah, they can go to strategysprints.com and directly find their bottleneck by doing a self-assessment of eight minutes. Great. Or they go to strategiesprints.com. They download the weekly habit template, the daily habit template, the monthly habit template. It's all open source. People can download it, implement it on their own. And if they want to go deeper, they can go on Amazon, buy the book, Strategysprints. Uh, if they really like it, I'm happy to see a review of how, how you experienced it. And, um, yeah, that's how they can continue. That's
0: amazing. So many great resources and, uh, and such a genuine uh, desire to help and I appreciate that so much and I know our listeners will appreciate it as well. I'm excited for uh, my opportunity to go in and really dig into strategy sprints and uh, learn more about what you talked about today and really get that implemented into our stuff that we're doing. So I know all of you out there listening and watching are going to benefit highly from this. Uh, you know, I, I'm i so excited uh, to have you on the show today. And it's been such a privilege to get to know you a little bit better and share you with uh, our audience. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And hey, everybody, keep rolling. Absolutely. Let's cue the outro and we'll see you guys on the next episode.
1: Thanks for joining us today.